Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. I woke up the other day with a terrible fright. It was the realization that I am a middle-aged man. <laughs> the reason that I know this is because there is actually a trifecta of hobbies for middle-aged men, and I have officially acquired all three of them. I've been teetering on the edge with two out of the three for some time. Those are listening to jazz and cooking. But I've officially won the triple crown of middle-aged man hobbies, having acquired at last that third and final hobby, which is gardening. <laughs> if you would have asked me 25 years ago about listening to jazz, cooking, and gardening, I would have thought, ugh, how painfully dull. I mean, you add those three hobbies together, you basically get a nap. But today, if you asked me to list my current hobbies, I would say listening to jazz, cooking, and gardening. What in the world happened? I get the same thrill today plucking a fully grown radish as I once did playing in a rock and roll band. Life is so weird. Last week, I ate an entire meal that came out of the ground in our backyard. Okay, it was just radishes and radish leaves. <laughs> it's a start, but it filled the whole bowl. And I didn't get sick or anything. What a rush. I have learned so many things as a neophyte gardener, but probably the single most important lesson that I have learned is how much easier it is to just go to the store and buy the fruit and vegetables. My goodness, growing food takes forever. You gotta water the plants, you gotta pull the weeds, you gotta battle the bugs. After spending a few hopeless hours in the garden, I walk over to Vaughn's and I marvel at how easy and convenient it is to just buy the onion. Trying to garden has, in seriousness, greatly deepened my appreciation for the food that I eat. It truly is amazing how much water and sunlight and especially how much time goes in to one bite of a fruit or vegetable. I have always loved our Lord's teaching on the vine and the vine dresser from today's gospel. But my misadventures in gardening have further opened my understanding to the power and the profundity of this simple metaphor. Before we even begin to explore our Lord's words in John 15, let me just say up front that this teaching, like many of his, this teaching is really worth meditating. It's really worth putting in your back pocket and pulling out from time to time and pondering. Pondering this teaching in and of itself will bear much fruit in one's spiritual life over time. So today in this sermon, you will be so happy to know that not only do I have three points, but they all start with the same letter. It's like the perfect sermon, the three-point sermon with the alliteration starting with the same letter. And I didn't even plan it that way. I got to the third one, and I realized it was a perfect sermon. 
The first point is the participants. The first point for us to take notice of in this parable are the participants. And they're simple. There are three of them. Jesus says, I am the vine. He goes on to say, my father is the vine dresser. And then we, of course, are the branches. Now, if we just pause right here, we can see a glimpse of the heart of the Christian faith, which is to say the mystery of the incarnation. That is the word of God become flesh and dwelling among us. In this simple imagery, we see the different persons of the father and the son. The father is the vine dresser. The son is the vine. The father is the creator. The son inhabits and becomes a part of the creation. The father sends the son, that is, plants the son within his creation. The son is the vine which is planted. Of course, we are the branches. We are comprised of the very same created material as the sun who is planted. The vine and the branches are an allusion to humanity itself. The Father has sent the Son, planted the Son, so that we would be able to be united to the Father through the Son. Such an important truth of the Christian faith revealed in such simple imagery. The second point is the pruning. Notice that the pruning is only done to those branches which are connected to the vine. In other words, the teaching on the pruning is for the people of God, for the church. It is not for those who are outside the church. If you're mindful of John chapter 15 and where it falls uh, in all of John's gospel, it's one of many chapters that is part of our Lord's discourse on the night before he dies in the upper room at the Last Supper. This teaching is to his disciples. Jesus says, every branch of mine and every branch will be Pruned. There is no branch rooted in Christ that will not be pruned. The question is not if, but rather how and why. Jesus says, every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he, that is the Father, takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he, the Father, prunes, why? That it might bear more fruit. The consequence of not bearing fruit is clear. The branch is removed. The consequence of bearing fruit is also clear. That branch is carefully pruned so that it will bear more fruit. I went to a free class on pruning fruit trees a few weeks ago. Our fruit trees in the back are totally overgrown. And I came home after the class and tried to prune them and ended up with just like a bundle of sticks coming out of the ground. No foliage left on them at all. It's like when I try to trim my beard. You know, I go a little bit here, and then it's a little bit here. Ooh, I've got to balance it out. And eventually, there's no beard left, which is why I don't trim my beard. <laughs> and we learned at the free class on pruning fruit trees, something that probably, if you're a gardener, you know this, 
that the smaller twigs are taken away in order to focus the energy of the tree towards those shoots that are producing healthy fruit. See how our Lord's pruning of us is done out of a deep love for us. As we grow in our spiritual life as Christians, we can expect to experience pruning from God the Father. Not because God is displeased with us or disgusted with us or wants us to hurt or suffer or God forbid because he's vengeful and spiteful. No, it is because he loves us and he cares for us and he wants us to be healthy and to bear fruit, to live up to the potential for which we have been created. So some questions to ponder on this point. Have you ever experienced, I'm sure you have, times of pruning in your life? At those times, what did you think about God's role, God's motivation in pruning your branches? Did the pruning ultimately result in the production of more spiritual fruit. If it did, you can be sure it was by the hand of the vine dresser, God the Father. Here again, we find such an important truth of the Christian faith revealed in such simple imagery. The third point, the great thing about three-point sermons is that you can sort of track, right? Third point means we're coming in for a landing, right? The third point is purpose. Notice in this parable, we see the primary purpose of the branch, and that is to bear fruit. Do we see our lives in the context of this purpose to bear fruit? Do we see our lives in the context of this mission and this calling? It's so simple. What is the purpose of an orange tree? to bear oranges? What is the purpose of a grapevine? To bear grapes. What is the purpose of a Christian? To bear fruit. And fruit exists for the health and well-being of others. Fruit exists to be given away, to be shared for the sake of others, to bless others, to give life to others. So it is that this is our purpose as Christians to give ourselves away, to share ourselves for the sake of others, for the sake of Christ and his kingdom, to bless others, that others might have life. Furthermore, Jesus says, By this my Father, the vine dresser, is glorified that you bear much fruit. We glorify God when we bear fruit in our lives. What is this fruit? What is this end game to which we are called? It is the visible expression of the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. One of the things I love about this parable is that the life of the branch literally comes from the life of the vine. The energies of the vine spread to the branch and don't just fill the branch, but, but overflow. And that's what happens when the fruit comes out. 
Literally, the end game is the visible expression of the life-giving presence of our Lord in our lives. It is the outward expression of Christ in us. It is our good works. It is our witness to the truth of the Christian faith. It is our witness to this everlasting life that is within us and overflowing from us. It is the fruits of the holy and life-giving spirit which animates our Christian life. The fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And not only do we see our purpose in this parable to bear fruit, but we also see the only possible means that we can fulfill this purpose, and that is abiding in Christ. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It takes an amazing amount of water and sunlight and time to grow fruit. The same is true for the Christian life and the spiritual fruit that we are called to bear. The only difference is that the Christian can't walk across the street to Vaughn's to go buy spiritual fruit as much as we, we might like to do that. There is no shortcut in the spiritual life. Our only hope in bearing fruit is to abide in Christ and to abide in Christ and to abide in Christ. That is an ongoing verb, the abiding. As a gift to the young people who receive their first Holy Communion here at St. Michael's, I always give them a Bible with an inscription written in it from this gospel, John chapter 15. And I write our Lord's words when he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And then I add the simple charge, stay connected. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.